This is K.M. Wyland, and you are listening to the 391st episode of the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast. I love every part of the writing process, the undiluted joy of the conception stage in which a story is fresh and perfect in my imagination, the boundless creativity and discovery of the outlining process, and yes, even the logical precision of the revision stage. But there is something undeniably special about the first draft stage, the writing stage. As I'm now about a month and an eighth of the way into the first draft of my Portal Fantasy sequel, Dreambreaker, I'm enjoying every minute of rediscovering my characters through the narrative adventure of bringing them back to life on the page. This is also probably the scariest part of the process, since every word is a delicate balance between this totally works and this totally doesn't. But that breathless recklessness of living every day on the edge, part of the fun, right? The latest post on my blog is four reasons you should outline your settings. Figuring out how to outline your settings will not only help you write better plots, themes, and characters, but also to research and draft better as well. To read the post, visit helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. And now I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast entitled How to Calculate Your Book's Length Before Writing. Story structure is all about timing. It's about making sure your rhythm and pacing align for maximum impact, both in keeping readers glued to the page and in resonating emotionally. The reason this timing works is that it is largely instinctive for both writers and readers. When I first started learning about story structure, I pulled my two published novels off the shelf, flipped through the pages to the quarter, halfway, and three quarters marks, where my first plot point, midpoint, and third plot point were supposed to show up, and lo and behold, they were there. As a reader, whenever I find myself immersed in a story in which something just isn't right, either it's slow and boring, or it feels rushed and unrealistic, almost inevitably, I discover the structural timing is also out of whack. And this is actually really great news, for writers. It means we have a solid structural skeleton on which we can rely when building our stories. We don't have to guess when it might be best for certain big scenes to take place. We know. On the other hand, for all our awesome storyteller instincts, sometimes it's still ridiculously hard to force unruly stories to line up with the proper timing. Recently on Facebook, Abigail Wellborn reiterated one of the most common structural questions I'm asked. She said, I've been studying story structure for about a year, and I'm working on the second outline for my current work in progress. By the way, so much easier to outline first. I came up with all the plot points first, but when I went to fill in what happened in between, I noticed a plot problem. Solving it caused the first half of the second act to balloon until I didn't get anywhere close to being at the midpoint I was aiming for. I'd love to read a post on how you know how much in the outline translates into how many words, or what happens when you need to rejigger an outline which ripples down the line and disrupts all your carefully plotted points. So let's take a look. First off, let's review what proper structural timing looks like. I have, of course, discussed story structure in detail elsewhere, 
including my book, Structuring Your Novel. But here's a crash course. The first act spans the first quarter of the book from the 1% mark to the 25% mark. It presents the foundational period of setup for the story to follow. Within the first act, we have the hook occurring at the 1% mark. It offers the opening moment that grabs reader curiosity. The inciting event takes place at the 12% mark and officially kicks off the plot halfway through the first act. The key event takes place around either the 20 or 25% mark. It officially engages the protagonist in the events of the plot and occurs just prior to or coincides with the first plot point. And then finally, the first plot point ends the first act at the 25% mark. It ends the story setup in the character's normal world. The first half of the second act spans from the 25% mark to the 50% mark and denotes a period of reaction for the protagonist in which he tries to cope with the events of the first plot point. Within the first half of the second act, we have the first pinch point occurring at the 37% mark. And this provides a reminder of the antagonistic force's power and a setup for the midpoint, which occurs at the 50% mark, and creates a moment of revelation for the protagonist as he comes into a clearer understanding of the true nature of the conflict. The second half of the second act spans from the 50% mark to the 75% mark and denotes a period of action for the protagonist. Armed with his new understanding found at the midpoint, he can now take the action right to the antagonistic force. Within this section, we have the second pinch point, which occurs at the 62% mark, and it bookends the first pinch point as an emphasis or reminder of the antagonistic force and a setup for the third plot point, which occurs at the 75% mark and creates a moment of seeming defeat for the protagonist. Finally, the third act spans from the 75% mark to the 100% mark, and it is where we finally resolve the conflict one way or another. Within the third act, we have the climax beginning halfway through the third act and spanning from the 88% mark to the 98% mark. And it is heralded by the final turning point that pits the protagonist against the antagonistic force in their final battle. The climactic moment occurs at the 98% mark, at the end of the climax, and is the true ending of the story, the moment when the conflict is finally resolved. But the story will continue in the resolution, which generally takes up the last 2% of the book, from the 98% mark to the 100% mark, and ends the story with a final scene or two to tie up the loose ends. And for myriad examples of how all of these elements play out in popular books and movies, you can check out the Story Structure Database on my site, which you can access in the top toolbar. Okay, so here you are, sitting in front of the first blank page of a brand new story, Naturally, you want it to be perfectly structured from the get-go, if only to save yourself all that editing on the other side. But how are you supposed to take a blank canvas and just know where the first structural beat is supposed to take place? There are two ways to do this, both of which we'll talk about further in a little bit. But for now, number one, you can wing it. Just start writing and trust your instincts. You'll probably make mistakes but you'll also probably do better than you might think. Remember those two novels I structured before I even knew what structure was. And number two, you can calculate your book's length. 
Timing in a novel is based on word count. If you know how long the book is, you can divide it into eighths to find the perfect timing for all your major turning points. So how long should your book be? There are three factors to consider. Number one, what's your genre? Genre is a major player in any equation calculating your book's length. This is particularly true if you're hoping to be published traditionally, since an overlong manuscript will risk an insta-no from agents and editors. But it's also true of independent authors. There are sound marketing reasons for why genre word counts are generally enforced. In her article, Word Count by Genre, How Long Should My Book Really Be?, editor Kit Carstairs notes, a manuscript over 40,000 words is considered to be a novel. However, very few novels these days are as short as that. Generally, a 50,000-word novel would be the minimum word count. Most novels are between 60,000 and 100,000 words. A single novel can be longer, but once the length is above 110,000 words, publishers may look at cutting it back, unless it is a particular kind of book. Books over the 110,000 word count are usually considered epics. Number two, how long do you want the book to be? Although genre expectations are a good place to start deducing your story's optimal word count, you don't have to adhere perfectly to these suggestions. A story's gotta be what a story's gotta be. So consider the type of story you're wanting to tell, as well as the time investment you're willing to put into it. Both will influence the size of your desired finished product. And number three, are you an underwriter or an overwriter? Consider your own work habits. Do you consistently struggle with churning out manuscripts that are shorter than what you were hoping? Or, like me, do you churn out big, fat monsters that are twice as long as anybody else's finished drafts? Knowing your own proclivities will help you adjust accordingly in the prep stage. Knowing my tendency to explode my projected word counts, I estimate conservatively. For example, I don't want my Portal Fantasy sequel work-in-progress Dreambreaker to outstrip Dreamlander's 180,000 words. So I've aimed for 120,000 to give myself plenty of wiggle room. Once you know how long you want your book to be, figuring out the timing of the plot points is easy. Divide your estimated word count by eight to discover how long each structural segment should be. So let's just make this easy and say you're writing an 80,000 word story. That means each section of your story should be approximately 10,000 words. For example, section number one, hook to inciting event, is zero to 10,000 words. Section number two, inciting event to first plot point, is 10,001 to 20,000 words. The third section, first plot point to first pinch point, is 20,001 to 30,000 words. The fourth section, first pinch point to midpoint, is 30,001 to 40,000 words. Fifth section, midpoint to second pinch point is 40,001 to 50,000 words. Sixth section, second pinch point to third plot point is 50,001 to 60,000 words. Seventh section, third plot point to climax is 60,001 to 70,000 words. And the eighth section, the climax to the resolution is 70,001 to 80,000 words. But... You're an outliner. You're trying to outline 
your structure, which means you have no idea of the actual word count. So what to do? Easy. You don't outline your structural timing according to word count. You outline it according to scene count using these three steps. Step number one, estimate scene length. First thing to do is estimate the average length of a scene. For convenience's sake, I usually treat each scene in the outline as a chapter. Although remember, chapter divisions are arbitrary, structural scene divisions are not. If you've written previous books, take a look at a handful of scenes and figure out the average length. For example, 3,500 words is pretty average for me, so I assume most of my scenes in any new story will continue that trend. Step number two, divide scene word count into total word count. Once you know how many words each of your scenes is likely to be, you can then divide that into your projected word count to figure out approximately how many scenes need to be in your story. If you're writing that 80,000 word novel and you're shooting for 2,000 word scenes, you know you'll end up with around 40 scenes. Step number three, divide scene count by eight. Now, remember, there are eight major structural beats. To discover where those beats should ideally end up within your outline, divide your number of scenes by eight. For that 40-scene novel you're writing, you'll discover you'll get five scenes per structural section. Once you know that, you can start outlining accordingly, arranging your story's events to fill out each section's five scenes to maximum effect. The great bonus here is that this approach will also help you identify what role each scene needs to play in your overall story. The first five scenes, setup. The five scenes between the first plot point and the first pinch point, reaction and determined pursuit of the thing the character wants, etc. But what if you're not an outliner? What if you're trying to time your plot points while writing the first draft? That admittedly is a little trickier, but can still be done. Again, all you have to do is estimate your total word count, then divide it by that magic structural number, eight. If you're also writing an 80,000 word novel, then you know you have 10,000 words per structural section. So keep an eye on the old word count as you're writing along. And once you're cruising toward that 10,000 mark, you know you've got to get your inciting event online. And so it goes on down the line. Now, what about rejiggering your timeline, as Ashley calls it in the beginning of the episode, when something goes wrong with your initial estimate? Gotta tell you, that's no fun. And this is why it's so valuable to figure out both your timing and your structure before you start writing. Still, it's almost inevitable that vagaries will occur even in the cleanest outline. Some structural sections may turn out much longer or shorter than you anticipated. The causal effects that seemed sound in the outline may prove entirely infeasible in the first draft, prompting new plot events. Or you might just get carried away by awesome new ideas during the first draft. Whatever the cause, you might discover one of your structural sections is either emaciated or obese. In these instances, the only option is returning to the drawing board reconfigure your math to set goals for the problem section, and then start brainstorming ways to tighten or fatten up your word count. 
About now, you might be wondering just how perfect your structural timing has to be. If you're off by 1% of your word count, are you in trouble? It's important to remember structural timing is a guideline. It shows us the ideal and gives us a guide against which to check our progress. But it's not an absolute judgment of your novel success or failure. What's most important is that all the structural elements are present. Timing exists to make certain each of those elements is then given the proper amount of space to develop realistically. But you do have leeway. I aim to hit my structural timing to within 5%. But depending on the story, sometimes even a margin of 10% may be acceptable. In general, the shorter your story, the more precise you must be. And vice versa, the longer your novel the less likely readers are going to start fidgeting if you don't absolutely nail the timing of your story's exciting turning points. But as with everything in writing, techniques such as structural timing are your servants, not your masters. Use them to make things easier on yourself, not harder. Used wisely in the preparatory stage, proper timing can help you create a solid first draft that negates the need for massive rejiggering on the back end. Thank you for listening to the Wordplay Podcast. To read a transcript of this episode, you can visit my website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. And be sure to check back again next week.